guys welcome to another episode of more than a podcast it's your host james as always here to give you guys more of the greatness so we're gonna jump right into it um the subject of today you, it's kind of funny because i was actually uh playing with this idea of just bringing you guys uh you know i like i like to i love to do my my game and my you know entertainment episodes but then i like to kind of you know throw a left field and kind of ground it and talk about you know real subject matters but um as I was getting things together I literally told myself man I don't recall really like digging in and talking about um video games I think the last time I talked about something was just to gripe about the fact that I still don't have a next gen system which is fine you know um I'm not beefing about that too bad because it's money that i don't have and don't need to be spending but um we just had e3 you know it's like we're just a week off of e3 and that was the reason that you guys didn't get an episode last week because i wanted to watch e3 too uh so and plus it was kind of crazy because i was um i think uh yeah the episode at the time was called e3 predictions and how the hell could I predict something that was happening that day? So that that would have been a rat race trying to get that whole thing together. Wasn't going to do it. So glad you're here with me this week. Uh, we're here to do it. But what I want to talk about and now and now, like because it was last weekend, um, we got enough time to really let everything kind of settle in our minds as far as what we saw, what we enjoyed, what we didn't. Uh, what we were expecting, uh, what we weren't expecting. So it was a lot of stuff. Um, I'm just going to come right off the gate and say that I don't think this was one of this. This wasn't one of their best uh, uh, conferences. And, you know, I, I have been checked, you know, by a few folks in Twitter about that, uh, that feeling with, you know, the thought that, hey, we just came up off of a pandemic. So you got to cut a little slack and I will say, okay, you know what? You're right. Because people are still readjusting or trying to figure out what the new normal is going to be going forward. So I can't put too much blame on something that I understand, you know, has gone some way for so many years and then it doesn't it's not that way because of something that's totally out of their control. So I completely 110% agree. Um, and with that said, I I wanted to just talk about a few things um, going through the different conferences and stuff that stood out and got me excited as a gamer. Right. Um, and again, I don't really have a, a horse in the race at the moment, but I am going to express my feelings about certain uh things in regards to what i've seen so let's just jump in so i got 10 10 games um that really stuck out as far as uh e3 2021 now the first one is um starfield so starfield is from bethesda and 
you know, for people who uh, don't remember or don't know, Bethesda was acquired because um, Microsoft bought ZeniMax Media, which is, you know, which Bethesda is a, a subsidiary of that company. So basically they own all of that. And, you know, you can just take the thought that any of your favorite Bethesda games are no longer going to be showing up on other consoles unless, you know, there, there's always a way. Let's just let's not just, you know, um, you know, put it in a, you know, pigeonhole the, the whole thought. But for what it's really worth, you know, uh, Microsoft made a huge play to bring exclusivity to their new system. So this is one of the front runners from that acquisition uh, being Starfield. And what's really funny is, and I know this is what got a lot of gamers salty because you were told about the prospect of this game at a time where the possibility was that it was coming to everything. Right. And so I don't think that there was a gamer on any side of the fence short of Nintendo. But then again, Nintendo fans didn't care because they never care. <laughs> they care about what they got, and that's just it. But, um, yeah, if you had a PlayStation, you you were fine. If you had a, a Xbox, you were fine. If you had a PC, you were fine. You figured you were going to get that game, and then that quickly became not the case. So this game is going to be exclusive to Xbox. This is the one game from that acquisition coming out the gate. And it's crazy because you got people that are in an uproar about it and people that are expressing their dismay over the fact that, dang, this looks so good and I'm not going to get it to play it because I am a Sony fanboy. And that's not their fault. And so what happened over the week was that um, some press statements from producers over at Bethesda were put out to basically quell the thoughts of any gamers who felt like they were being slighted. And I just and I honestly felt like that was unnecessary. Like you shouldn't have to apologize for business. It's just business. Because just the same as, you know, companies are acquired and games become exclusive to this, that, and the other. I mean, those same deals could happen mid production without a, a company being acquired. You know, if Microsoft just looked at, you know, a company and said, you know what, I want to pay you two billion or whatever, whatever the the wholesale number would be for an exclusive game to just come to their console. They can do that, even if it was in mid production, you know, like like how much how much how much could I pay you to just throw away the other versions of your game and just focus on me? Everybody has a price. So let's just not get that twisted. But this is again, this is this boiled down to basically being one of those factors that you know if you don't have this system unfortunately you're not going to be able to play and they and and they laid it out just as much in in the press release you know um you know i think the first guy i can't i, I don't have names with me i just know what happened so the first guy was really apologetic about the whole thing and I, again, I don't agree with that. I, I don't agree. You shouldn't apologize for business. The second dude basically laid it out in the best marketing way possible. You know, like we understand that everybody want to play this game. But if you really want to experience it, you need an Xbox or a PC. 
or Game Pass or whatever. So that's just how it is. And so, yeah, Starfield is coming in 2022. Um, I'm excited for it. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. This is one of those games and one of those situations where it is making me think a little bit because the last console that I had, you know, was the PS4. And I grabbed my PS4 strictly on the exclusivity of a game, Street Fighter V. Like that that really pushed it over the edge for me. I was like, oh, I'm only going to be able to play Street Fighter over here. OK, yeah, got to get me a PS4 because it's no way, shape or form that I'm going to go a whole generation and not play Street Fighter. That's insane. Like that was my thought. And so I got a PS4. Um, so, yeah, th- this, you know, depending on what they show up to the point of release, this could be a huge factor in where I go for my next console. But we'll see. Another game that that really stuck out, and it, th- this one is really a surprise to me because I am not a platformer um, gamer by any stretch of the imagination. But I gotta say, Psychonauts Two was looking pretty damn dope. Um, uh, they had, I believe his name's Tim Schafer. I think that's his name. Um, uh, he's the director of Double Fine, and yeah, he he was just sitting there talking up the entire game while showing gameplay and i just thought that was so cool and they were just showing so much um you know so much advancement because that's what you want to see you know like it's one thing to come out at e3 and announce a game and show me a pre-rendered trailer and you know skedaddle you know without giving me an inkling of a date or whatever but no, this I mean, they were just they were showing all kinds of levels. And, you know, you could really see the advancement of the new technology with the new Xbox. And I was I was like, yo, I like I felt the same way. Now, now I now I will say this. Now, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend because even though Psychonauts looked good, it looks nowhere near as good as like Ratchet and Clank, um, uh, a rift apart, you know, like that game looks that that's a game that you look at and you say this is why I this is why I need a PS5 like because you can see the leap you don't necessarily see the leap but you can tell that there was so much more that they were able to do with Psychonauts 2 because of the advancement in the technology so I'm excited I'm really excited for it um I want to see more and and this and again I'm not even a platform gamer like i don't even do platformers like that but this is one of those games where if i had an xbox if <clears throat> you know if i wasn't playing anything too serious this might find its way into my library easily one of the other um e3 highlights um actually came from nintendo which i watched their uh press conference and honestly i'll just put it out there like this i think that the way that the E3 conference was structured and the way that, you know, over the years, um, more uh, developers and publishers are, you know, basically doing their own press conferences, like they're not really doing it under the umbrella of E3. It's just kind of on the dates. Um, So it feels a little disconjointed. Um, But, 
you know, Nintendo in, in, in their effort has always walked the beat of their own drum. So, you know, you really don't blame them for how good or how bad E3 is because they always just do their own thing. And man, like they showed up and they showed out. And I honestly think for the consistency of what they showed, you know, if there was a winner of E3, it was Nintendo, clearly. Like we saw some good stuff from everybody, but Nintendo really took it home. And one of the things that they showed, um, and this is going to go for number three, they really had, th this is one of those things, because the one thing that I like about E3, the one thing that I feel about E3 is that you always got to have those games that like really put you on the edge of your seat and say, oh my goodness, I cannot wait. So what had me like that was when they announced uh, Kazuya Mishima for, or Mishima, for um, uh, the next character in uh, Smash. And I was like, yo, this is this is amazing. You know, like a Tekken character joining the fight, you know, with with other uh, characters from other franchises and, you know, basically on Nintendo with a partnership with Namco. Like, that's huge. And I'm hoping that I'm hoping that in in some way that it is it is a uh, a cross relationship that that will last for like a few characters because I do want to see them bring more like I don't want it to just be Kazuya I I mean they if they bring like two or three more that would just be so dope to me um because I love Tekken I love Tekken I think Tekken is one of the biggest standout fighters behind Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter um but Kazuya is definitely one of those characters that if you said rank me your top 10, you know, fighting characters of all time, he's definitely going to be in my top five without question. Um, so I was really happy to see that. Um, you know, I, I heard I was hearing a lot of comments where people were saying that at this point they're kind of getting a little um, they're feeling they're feeling a little fatigue with uh, with Smash. And I don't necessarily think that that people should feel that way because the same thing that Smash is doing, which I believe they're doing it better, is what Tekken 7 is doing. Tekken 7 been out for five years and they're still putting characters out. Right. And so people are still playing. Street Fighter 5 is doing the same exact thing. And we didn't even get an inkling of like a Street Fighter 6. And that's what I was hoping for. I was wait like this year. I figured, OK, at the very least, just show me something pre-rendered um you know by ps5 standards or i don't even know what direction they plan on going in that's probably why they haven't shown anything because they're probably in a bidding war trying to see who's going to showcase that game you know because so I, i've and i've had other people tell me you know what they would be foolish to to release that game uh meaning street fighter 6 they'd be foolish to release that on an exclusive console again as, and not, you know, spread the wealth and get their money. But I don't really think they need to. I think that what they did was perfect for them. And I think that, you know, how they how they basically um, subsidize that by putting it on PC later, that that ultimately helped them, you know, and, and I don't think they missed any money. I, I honestly do believe that because they were exclusive to a really popular system in the PS4, that that helped them and they helped Sony. Like I said, I made my purchase of a PS4 strictly based on where where Street Fighter ended up. So, you know, going back, I think that 
you know, again, we're looking at like Street Fighter. I, I want to say that that game came out during the launch of the PS4. I'm not certain, but, you know, again, this game, it's still popular and it's still getting characters and all this other junk. And so I don't really see how Smash could be any any more stale in the effort to continue, you know, advancing and putting in characters that people enjoy than, than those games. Now, one game that surprised me, well, I won't say it surprised me because I think I think that NetherRealm knows when to stop. Um, and you always can tell when they're going to stop because the characters always get so ridiculous. Because, like, once they put Rambo and RoboCop in, I was like, yeah, this, this, it, it's, they're probably getting ready to transition and start uh, thinking about some Injustice 2, which that's another thing that didn't show up that I was really disappointed about. Like, again, I don't need to see, like, a full-blown game i don't need you to tell me the release date but if you just give me like an inkling just give give me the dragon you know just i don't uh, oh i'm sorry not no injustice we're talking about injustice i want to see injustice 3 so yeah just give give me something um not not the dragon because that will be mortal kombat and we don't need mortal kombat 12 yet but you know, show me something in, in the vein of where you guys would go for injustice 3 because that's inevitable but i did hear rumors and you could take this with a huge grain of salt because, you know, I just be on the Internet. But I heard rumors that they are working on a Marvel fighting game. Now, that would be dope if NetherRealm Studios could get the rights to produce a Marvel fighting game. That, that OK, first off, you would have to wonder what the heck happened to the relationship between Capcom and Marvel because they have been buddies for years. But. I wouldn't blame Marvel for wanting to figure out how to, you know, penetrate a market in a and, and it's it's a little weird, though. It is a little weird because when you think about it, you know, like <clears throat> Marvel being under Disney, they're not going to you know, they're not going to have things be too extreme. And, 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 the, and the thing is, is that with the Injustice games, things weren't that extreme, but they were still dope. They were still super dope. So, you know, nobody was getting killed or like super put in their place, <clears throat> but the games were still good. So I believe that they could still do the same exact thing and make a really robust Marvel fighter in the engine of, you know, uh, like in the MK11 engine or, or you know, if they got a new one that they're producing uh, for the for the new systems. Um, man, I would. If that was if that rumor was anywhere near true, please sign me up because I would totally play a Marvel fighter. That That's without question. Um, jumping back in number four. Um, this one was a real divisive one and it had me just feeling a little strange, but it was Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Um, the trailer was nice, right? I mean, it showed more than what gamers would have expected. Um but I honestly looked at the trailer myself and I just thought I can't tell the difference between the first game and this one. Like, I don't really see anything that's jumping out and just saying, oh, my goodness, can you believe it? They're doing this like it just it didn't feel like that. And um, somebody again, I love Twitter. I love, love, love Twitter because people will come out with those comments. And somebody said, why didn't they just release a big expansion to the first game they could have just released a huge 
you know, expansion that, you know, kind of kind of one of those. Uh, and I wouldn't call it more an expansion more than I would just call it an addition um, where they would just charge you for it. Just, you know, put that out. Charge me like 40 bucks and I would totally pay for it. Yeah. If I can just keep all my items and everything like that. And, you know, this expansion gave me, um, you know, um, you know, an advancement of the story, new items, new characters to meet, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I would totally pay for that. But they, they, man, the next time they show this game, they got to show something different, like super different because it, you know, obviously it looks the same because they're working with the same exact technology. But what people, what I want to see, I just, I want to see an advancement. I always want to see things advance beyond what was offered before. And at this stage, it looks exactly the same. So I personally wasn't too impressed with the trailer. It's cool to know that they're working on it and that it's coming in 2022. It is what it is. It's it's not a big deal. But I think it was a standout game. So there you go. Um, but one that stood out way, way, way ahead of Legend of Zelda even was Metroid Dread. Like, oh, no. Like, look, I'm going to tell you like this. I am not even a Metroid fan. And I was like, I got to get that game. Like, it was dope. It was so dope. Like, okay, so one thing that I have learned to appreciate over time is the um is the 2D or 2.5 uh ratio or aspect of of uh, a platformer. Now I said I wasn't a platformer, but I will play these types. And these types are called Metroidvanias if you didn't know. So for the Metroid franchise to go back to their roots cuz yes, they are supposed to be making uh Metroid Prime 4 which is in the perspective of first person. So it's more like Halo or whatever. But um, no, this this uh, Metroid Dread is going to be flowing in the same um, way that Metroid Fusion did and all of the, you know, handheld Metroids that came out before it and the NES classic that it was birthed from. And I think this is really, really good. Now, I, I was man, I was loving like the enemies. Um, Samus looked dope as hell. I, I man, I just it made me want to like pick up my switch and like start playing or hoping that they announced a demo or something because I was like, I need this game like yesterday. That game is going to sell like peanuts. Now, I was a little mad because, you know, you know how the gaming industry is and you know how scalpers are. Um, and it's just so crazy because they went ahead and they put um, some of the stuff on pre-order and this stuff just got ate up. It just got ate up. And, you know, again, like one of the sentiments I heard is how would how do you you know, how do you release something knowing how ravenous a fan base is and you don't have enough? And I and I would argue against that because my thing is this. Nobody knew that that game was going to get the reaction that it did. Who knew that? We could have all just said uh, another, you know, and then they would have been stuck with a warehouse full of, you know, um, amiibos that commemorate the game and, you know, special editions and all this other stuff that nobody's going to buy. That could have been a scenario. And I think that you can't blame gaming uh, companies for being smarter with their money, you know. So it, it's not to, you know, it's, I don't believe that it's to slight gamers or it's, I don't think it's a way to cut cost or be efficient with money. I think, well, it, no, in a way, yes, it is being efficient with money. It's like, yo, I'm not going to sit here and over produce on something 
that not enough people are going to buy it. And it's and, and there's no way to forecast the, uh, you know, the palette of gamers, should I say. It's no way to forecast it. And that's why, you know, games succeed and they fail, because there's no true way to know what us gamers as a culture want at any given time. So I don't blame them. You know, once it, you know, I will definitely pre-order this game uh, when I get up to it. I will definitely be pre-ordering this game. I really wasn't in the running to get a special edition anyway. I don't collect Amiibos, so I really don't care about that. But at the end of the day, if, if <clears throat> you know, pre-ordering to secure myself a copy on day one, and I rarely do that. I rarely go out and pre-order a game. I usually just tell myself I will walk into a store, but I will be damned if day one I walk into a Target or a Best Buy or a GameStop and they don't have a copy for me. I will be livid. So I am definitely going to pre-order my copy because I don't want that to happen. So, yes, Metroid Dread, super awesome. I think this was probably the highlight of the entire E3. That's just my opinion. Um, another Nintendo game that uh, was showcased and I think, you know, got a lot of fans excited was WarioWare. Get it together. Um, another, it's one, you know, if you haven't played a WarioWare game, this is one of those uh, quick, fast type games where they have these, they have mini, mini games. Like the whole game is a mini game, but they've made these games with a plot to the, to the, to the mini games. Um, and so now they're like these different characters outside of Wario and you know, they all have different abilities in order for you to do these uh, quick objectives. And the quick objectives are always super funny. And I remember back in the day, like uh, especially like with the DS and stuff, when you like like how they had like, oh, uh, blow the candles out and you had to blow into like the little microphone and all this other junk. It was so weird. Um, but those games are good time wasters and they are fun. <clears throat> um I myself am not too excited about that. I actually expressed the fact that I think it would be cool to have another um, mainstream uh, platformer starring Wario and finally uh, Waluigi. Like, can we get that duo doing something? Um, that would be kind of cool. But, you know, um, I've had people say no. <clears throat> this is exactly what I wanted. This is exactly, you know, I love WarioWare and I didn't realize how big of a fan base WarioWare had. So is this a, is this one that I will grab? This is like one of those eventuals, right? Like this is one of those ones where it's like, I don't think I'll grab it day one. Cause it's not that it's not like this big, you know, illustrious franchise that I've just been invested my time in for years. But in that same stretch, it's like, if I find that I'm not playing too much or, you know, if I find that I want to play something that isn't too serious and isn't going to take too much of my brain power, I might just grab this. But I think it also depends on on uh, the line of mini games that they they have available inside that intrigue me, because, you know, there's there's only so many things that I that I find myself applicable to do. And then other than that, it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm just I'm not doing that jump up and down while I'm walking in the middle of the street. No, not going to happen. So we'll see. I, I just need to see a little bit more. Um, this one is a huge game. Now, this this kind of tied it for me with Metroid Dread, but it, it came under, and I will tell you why. And it's Elden Ring, number seven, Elden Ring. Um, yeah, they showed a lot. They showed exactly what they should have shown, um, you know, 
per announcing it some years back. And I think that was perfect for them. I think that this was exactly what gamers needed in order to continue being invested with their time and their money. Um, but I will say that for me, I was sorely unimpressed. And I, again, I appreciated what they put out because it definitely showed that they are working hard and they are moving forward and everything looks like it's advancing nicely. But at the end of it all, I just told myself, this is Dark Souls with horses. That's all it is. It looks no different um, than Dark Souls. So like I and again, I could be completely wrong. Maybe. And I think I am wrong. I think that there is more to it than even I'm letting on. But I think they should have led with more of what we don't expect as opposed to the things that we may be familiar with, because a lot of it was just it, it was just I, I, it was all familiar. I'm like, OK, you have these big gothic medieval, you know, uh, layouts as far as where the where the uh, player is. OK, the enemy types look similar to enemies that I faced in, you know, the many Dark Souls that there are. And I mean, short of the weapon, which I think it was like this big laser sword hand. I don't know. Um, but I would I wouldn't I wouldn't think that there's going to only be one weapon, you know, like I think there's going to be a few um, or more than a few if they really are making Dark Souls four. Cause that's exactly what it is. It's dark souls four. I don't care what anybody says. It's dark souls four. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, and then they, you know, they had the horse running up, uh, running vertically up a mountain and it was, it was, it was a little weird. Um, but at the same time, I think this is definitely one of those things that you need to put out because you need gamers to know that, you're working on it that that you know stuff is happening but again they if next time they show this they got to give me something that i have not seen you know i'm talking like on a bloodborne level like when they showed bloodborne that was totally different like yeah you still told yourself man this is like this is basically dark souls but they showed you enough you know where it was like nah this is not really dark souls and i haven't gotten that sentiment yet like i don't feel like that yet so um yeah um let's see um the next one was um halo infinite and i didn't get to see too much of this but i know that you know the fans clamor to see the advancement but i think this like this is this is one of those games that like for me i'm liking it to like metroid metroid prime 4 where we're not seeing enough of it in the amount of time that is given to actually showcase what we should be seeing. And, you know, like it, it this, this Metro, uh, I'm sorry, Halo Infinite should have been a launch title for the Xbox Series X. Like, I, I feel like that should have that that should be the case for every freaking console they do. Whenever they do a console, Halo needs to be up front and center, period. That's how you sell your systems. You know, you don't sell your systems based on third party offerings. You let the gamers know we are Microsoft. This is how we're coming out the gate. This is what you got. Come and get it. 
because I honestly think that they would have sold a whole lot more had this game been ready then. And I remember like when they showed the first uh, gameplay trailer and, 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 or game, or actually, I think it was gameplay footage. They were playing on stage. I think it, I think it was. And, um, you know, they had the harpoons and all this other stuff and people were not very impressed and I didn't blame them, but at the same time, I didn't really understand them because I'm not a Halo fan. So to me, it was just, you know, it was a walk in the park. It was like, okay, it, it, it is what it is. But the one thing that I do understand is time. And I think at this point, people are tapping their watches like, okay, we got to really get it going because we're almost going to be a year in on the on these next generation consoles. <coughs> and we still don't have it. So, you know. I don't really care what they're doing in an advancing state. I just want them to get the game out for gamers. Um, now, one that did look dope from Microsoft was uh, Forza Horizon uh, 5. <clears throat> this game, um, they actually, so they did an extension. Microsoft did an extension um, on their showcase, and they were talking to a lot of the, the developers and whatnot of, of particular games. And this one actually looked dope. And I'm not really a Forza fan because I, I I think it's a little too arcadey when it comes to the ratio of arcadey versus simulation that I would like to play. Um, but it works. You know, it's been working for a long time and I appreciate what they put out. Um, and this one, like I was like looking at it and they said that they were um, doing a big focus on Mexico. Shout out to Mexico. Um, <clears throat> and. You know, like I, showing the graphics and everything, I was like, yo, this really does look really, really fun. And I don't know why I haven't taken a bigger look at Horizon knowing that, you know, like I've I've always had this thing about wanting to get off of the street racing. And I'm guessing for five iterations, they've been doing it and I just haven't been paying attention. But I haven't had an Xbox, so I haven't had an Xbox for years. Uh, so that would be my excuse for not playing a Horizon game. But if I had an Xbox, I would totally play uh, uh, Horizon 5. It looks really, 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 really good. Um, the last game that totally showed itself and just had me kind of excited was Tales of Arise. So Tales of Arise is in the Tales series uh, from Bandai Namco. Um, this looks next generation. It looks good. It looks like it is going to advance the series. It's going to advance itself. It, it Man, it looked good and they continue to put you know like i love games that have the confidence to know how good they are because i was seeing this all up on my twitter stream like bandai namco was just pushing this like yo this this is what we got this is what we showed and this is just how awesome it is you didn't see that from many of the other games i mean i saw it a little bit from from metroid uh dread like the day that it uh that it uh uh was showcased but man tales of rise it's all it's always in my stream so this is definitely a game that I'm looking forward to playing. And then my last one that I just want to I want to throw out as a kind of a honorable mention. And I know people would kill me if I uh, just left it off the list completely. It's uh, Shin Megai Tensei 5. I hope I said that right. Um, they uh, showed gameplay footage uh, at the Nintendo conference. Yo, <laughs> I cannot wait until november when november comes around it is going to be so fun because that i 
I've never played uh, an SMT game, but this is going to be my first. And unlike Persona, because I've played Personas for years, I've played so many Persona games, but I feel like not enough gamers have given the appreciation to the series that birthed Persona. And this is going to be my first um, my first chance to do that. And I'm excited. I think everything that they showed, you know, from the familiar aspects of a lot of the the personas that you collect um, to the new the thought of the new protagonist. I mean, the protagonist looked amazing. So I was like really on board. I, I yes. So uh, SMT five coming this November. It's going to be a banger. Um, what were your games? What did you enjoy? What did you see? What were your highlights? What were your downfalls? Your what did you feel about the show overall? Um, I'd love to hear from you guys. You guys know you can always hit me up. Um, you can find me online on the Twitter, uh, more TA podcast. That's a uh, more TA podcast. And let's talk about it because I really, really, really want to uh, discuss exactly what people saw, exactly what people enjoyed, what they didn't enjoy. Um, tell me what, you know, from my list you think I was bugging about or what I was right on about. You know, we can have that discussion because I love healthy, uh, healthy dialogue. Well, guys, that's going to do it for me. I really enjoyed uh, talking up E3, and I uh, hope to come back next week and have some more good content for you. Um, one announcement I'm going to make is that More Than a Podcast is going to be making some changes in the near future. Now, that's all I'm going to say right now, but I'll definitely be giving you guys the heads up when things are closer uh, to coming to shore. So let's just uh, keep our ears to the ground and know that more than a podcast is always here for you. Uh, with that being said, you guys already know the drill. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye.